This is Unfilter, episode 145, for May 27th, 2015. The White House still insists that no new strategy is needed. It says the president's policies have been a success. It's just it's incredible. Uh, things need to change. Few in Congress appear willing to take ownership of the war. Nine months into the battle, Congress has yet to authorize the use of force against ISIS. Welcome to Unfilter, Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly show that's distracting you from all of that TV you shouldn't be watching. My name is Chris, and joining me every single week is the always excellent Mr. Chase. Hey, Chris. How's it going? <laughs> Boy, we're just all full of it today, aren't oh, we? We're maybe, fired maybe, up. maybe it's the nice weather. Yeah, yeah we got the AC uh, going even. like it, This is like, it's this is serious. It, yeah, it's... it's, it's uh, when are we going to start uh, like the heat crisis? Oh, wait. We should make a red book prediction. Yeah. When is the media? Yeah. Not, uh, no, I mean right now in Houston, terrible yeah. floods, yeah. things happening yeah. down there. You know, but in eventually fact, uh, we're going to hear about heat. New producer Matt Matt of uh, the show uh, yeah. is uh, stuck in some of that crazy weather down oh, there. Man. He's, I didn't know he was in Texas, but he's down in Texas and dealing with all this stuff. So our uh, thoughts are with producer Matt, our new producer of the show, and then he gets flooded. Maybe that's a bad sign. Wah, he starts wah. working for on the unfiltered show, and then, it, then are you saying that there's some sort of correlation? Between the weather and the unfiltered show? It could be that rain stick. Could be that rain stick. I'm not so sure. Yeah, I know. We we Time to tone down the weather machine. You and I are gonna have to have a little weather powwow. Let's do that in the post show. Yeah, we can do that. All right, all right. We can do that. So we got a lot to talk about today. Uh, we're going to start with some Patriot Act stuff because that expires this Sunday. The provisions that make it legal for the NSA to eavesdrop on your calls and your metadata. That expires on Sunday. So that's where we're going to start this week. But then we've got to get into some of the stuff that's going on with ISIS. ISIL, correct. Dash. ISIL. Uh, you've probably heard the Obama strategy has fallen apart this week. You've heard that uh, Iraq is a disaster, that we lost a very important city that cost a lot of blood and treasure during the original Iraq war, Ramadi. Uh, we're going to discuss all of that, what it really means, what's really going on, and how what we're really seeing is the unfolding of a strategy at the Unfilter show called about a year ago. Ah, okay. So we're going to talk about that in the show. And then towards the end of the show today. Yes. Chase and I have something that's really important to us that uh, somebody we've followed for a long time in the industry has had some really crazy stuff going on, and it really impacts technology journalism. And uh, we're going to discuss that towards the end of the show, and uh, I think that's going to be a pretty intense conversation. Oh yeah, no, it's it's one of those things where you know it's definitely not mainstream, but it's it's something that's important. Uh, I you know I. I think the struggle is kind of a – it's an interesting thing, and uh, I think it does reflect on mainstream coverage of news. So we'll get to that, Chase. But first, I want to discuss this Patriot Act expiration on Sunday. This is our big topic right now because this is developing as we speak. The USA Freedom Act was shut down in the Senate. Uh, I've got information about that in the show notes if you're curious. But uh, uh, Shep is going to give us some of the responses here. Ah, but, from the news deck. <clears throat> yep. Uh, but uh, McConnell was able to uh, put a, put together a group to shut down the passage in the Senate. The USA uh, Freedom Act was rejected by this U.S. Senate on May 22nd by a vote of 57 to 42. Uh, however, they also failed to get a majority enough to renew some of the provisions of the Patriot Act. So it's not actually a complete loss. So it's still set to expire. Shep is going to break it all down for us. And then we're going to bring in the judge to tell us how it all squares with the Constitution. Word. 47 minutes past the hour now. The president is calling for Congress to reach a deal to extend the government's power to search millions of Americans' phone records. The program is part of a section of the USA Patriot Act that's set to expire 
Midnight Sunday. The president says a compromise bill called the USA Freedom Act, quote, needs to get done, unquote. It would end bulk collection of telephone records by the National Security Agency, but it would let the agency search phone company records with a warrant. That bill passed the House but came up short in the Senate just last week. Senators say that they'll come back early from vacation ooh, to meet on Sunday, just hours before the deadline. The new series. Shep. <laughs> He's ribbing him. He's ribbing him. I know. Ooh. I just call it. You know what? I feel like Shep's getting a little older, and sometimes he just calls it like it is. Yeah, I love I love that they don't have to mention that vacation thing. No, they don't. Because some of the other reports, like on NBC and ABC, they don't mention the vacation nope, they, thing. they completely gloss over it. Senate is doing something. They're coming back on Sunday. Today, the Attorney General Loretta Lynch said letting that part of the Patriot Act expire will create a serious lapse in protecting Americans. Oh! Fox News Senior Judicial Analyst Judge Andrew Napolitano is here. There's a problem with that. Bring in the judge! Of the USA Patriot Act. <laughs> yeah, the problem is called the Fourth Amendment to the Constitution, oh. Oh. which says that warrants have to be based on evidence. Well, let's just get rid of it. Specifically describe yeah. the person to be seized or the place to be searched. And the warrants that the secret FISA court gives are based on the government's need, not on the basis of the government's evidence. Yeah. So basically, the the oh wow, that is such uh, a good point. God, uh, yeah, that is yeah. Such, that all this is based worth, on worth need. repeating. Yes, all based on need, not evidence. Seized or the place to be searched, and the warrants that the secret FISA court gives are based on the government's yes. need, yes. not on the basis of the government's evidence. And that should be where we should stop right there. The conversation Done. should stop right there. Yeah. Is it is it evidence or is it a perceived desire and right. need? If it's not evidence and, based, and that's the inherent issue with the the rubber stamp FISA court yeah. in the first yeah. place, which you've been you've been saying for a while, and this really I think puts that into perspective. You you know you can say it all along. The FISA court is a rubber stamp, but the issue is they're rubber stamping needs. Even they're not right. even rubber stamping absolute. Right. Gotta have. Well, yeah, they don't care. They're oh. just going to rubber stamp it for the government because it's there on behalf of the government. Oh, man. You know what really grinds my gears? You know what really grinds my gears? <laughs> this whole thing. Yeah, that. That right yeah, there. That. Yeah. And that, people, is what grinds my gears. <laughs> so basically, the, the bill that the House of Representatives passed orders the telecoms and computer companies to keep all their records and says to the NSA, instead of your agents and computer guys being at the provider's office... Physically, you can get there digitally with an okay from the FISA court. And this is, I think, going to be devastating because I think they're going to define a lot of new stuff as a communications. You know, you notice he said the telcos and computer companies. Right. I think if you make a communications piece of software, Telegram, Skype, WhatsApp. Well, I mean, you probably covered it on TechSnap. How long has Microsoft and the government oh, yeah. been trying oh, yeah. to find backdoors oh, yeah. for Skype all the time? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, in yeah. fact, Microsoft, when Microsoft, after Microsoft bought Skype, they re-architected it more from, they changed it from a peer-to-peer -peer architecture more to a a server-based node architecture right. where they could do monitoring. And the NS, the Snowden leaks show that. They showed that that was very successful. Yeah, that's right. And so I believe in this process they're going to define what communication is. And that's anything – that you know. and think about it, Chase. That could be MMOs that have voice chat. That yeah. could be Call of Duty that has voice chat. Uh, TeamSpeak. Uh, what, yes. what about your open choice Mumble. problem? Mumble. Right. What, yeah. what about that? What yeah. about that? Exactly. And so if that's a communication system, does that have to be logged and recorded? And so the burden is then put on the private company to store those records. And if you're a big company, that's a hell of a lot of storage. Oh, it's huge. And you know what they're going to do then to offset that cost is they're going to come up with a cost structure to charge the government, and they're going to be making money off of giving us their our information, and it's going to become a profit center for them, so it's going to be an incentive for them to do it. This thing is effed. The FISA court has had 34,000 requests for okay since September 26, 2001, when the Patriot Act came into existence. They granted all but 12. 
So this is not a court that weighs and sifts constitutional rights. It's a court that decides, well, if the government needs it, we're going to give it to them. Yes. That's not the standard. Right. 2,388 yeses and 12 noes. Correct. Correct. Good math. No. Um, <laughs> that wasn't right. Oh, all right. It's, 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 uh, 24,000. There you go. 33,000. 30, a lot of yeses and, and uh, very few 988 noes. yeses and 12 noes by mm-hmm. my uh, weak man. Yeah. But, but here's the thing. There are two other provisions in the law that the NSA relies on, mm. which will cause it to continue to spy on Americans, even if Section 215 of the Patriot Act does expire. One of those is a section of the FISA law called Section 702. 702. And one of them is a still existing executive order signed by President George W. Bush in the fall of 2001, which has not been tinkered with, interfered with, or rescinded. So this is so important mm-hmm. because this entire time, the Obama administration has successfully made the discussion around phone metadata. All we're talking about here is the frickin' phone metadata. Yeah, it was the whole look over here, look over here, look over here. 702 is the provision that allows them to suck up the internet in a three-day buffer, all of it. Yep. Everything that passes through routers on the core infrastructure of the United States internet is being captured in a three-day buffer literally splitting the light off the fiber using a system called PRISM and storing it and sorting it using a system called X-Keyscore to find identifiable pieces and then logging in a database for further research or, you know, if you just encrypt the traffic. And and they're storing what? It was in uh, New Mexico, Arizona, wherever that big data farm is? That's where they're storing it all, right? Yes, one of many places. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we come back to, uh, once again, very few people are discussing the fact that 702 is the real beast. This George, George W. Bush executive order is another beast. And, and, and originally, very originally, early on, there was the, there was, it was mentioned that they, the NSA was using multiple authorizations. But we've only focused on this phone metadata one. All this stuff, the, the, all of the, the provision in the Patriot Act, all of it is phone metadata. It's not enough, people. Them is a still existing executive order signed by President George W. Bush in the fall of 2001, which has not been tinkered with, interfered with, or rescinded. And so when the NSA, when the head of the FBI, when the Attorney General of the United States say, we are going to wind down our spying, you are weakening us by getting rid of this statute, they are wrong and they know they're wrong. They're lying and they know they're lying. Yes, of course they do. They are legal experts. Yes. Of course they know they're lying. They're the ones that got these in place. You are weakening us by getting rid of this statute, they are wrong and they know they're wrong. They're lying and they know they're lying. Yes, the NSA will continue to spy because they're part of the military and if the commander-in-chief tells them to spy, they'll spy and they'll base it on the Bush executive order or an obscure part of the FISA statute, which is not part of this debate. All of this, what the judge is saying is that all of this is just for us. All of this is a load of it. All of this is a bunch of nothing. It's nothing soup. It's a nothing sandwich because they're violating the Constitution now. Changing the bill or no change in the bill, change the law, change the law, they will know they will continue to violate the Constitution. You say you care about the Constitution, don't you? You care about the Constitution as a cafeteria plan. You don't really care about the Constitution. Oh man, this Chef. is good. This Wait, is good. Chef, what has gotten into you? Look at that face. Look at that. Oh, look at he is look disgusted. At, look at that stiff upper lip. He, he is, is pissed. He looks like he has a bad taste in his pissed. mouth right now. This is gorgeous. Pissed. This is this is Shep. This is Shep at his best. Shep at his finest. Wait, this is like Shep from Studio B days. Yeah, well, yes. That, this is Shep from Studio it B totally days. Totally is. Yes. Constitution. You say you care about the Constitution, don't you? You care about the Constitution as a cafeteria plan. You don't really care about the Constitution. If you really cared about the Constitution, you would care about this, but you don't. 
you care about it like a cafeteria plan. Yes. Is the Constitution a cafeteria? No, the Constitution <laughs> is the supreme law of the land, and everybody that works for the government has taken <laughs> off to uphold it, not evade it or avoid it, but uphold it in good terms and in bad. I care about the Constitution, but not this part of the Constitution. Wow. So nailed it. That is oh. so good. Wow, Ooh. Shep, you get it for today. That is Shep's back in my and, book. And you know what? I, you know, I, I know that uh, Fox is traditionally right-leaning. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> but, but look at this. I mean, yeah. the, they, they are coming down. Yeah. And, and who signed this? Yeah. It was a Republican. It was Bush. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, you're right. So. You're yeah. right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You know what? They really worked. They didn't have any qualms about calling out Bush. No, they didn't. They they straight did it. Yeah, I got to respect that. I guess. I respect Shep that. and the judge generally call it like they see it. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, so, in fact, I w- just to mention that is sort of the weird thing about Fox is it is you're absolutely right. It is from a wide spectrum standpoint all right leaning, yeah. and then every now and then they do allow a few narrow bits of spectrum to, sh- to pop, poke through. The- and Shep gets to keep his job. And he gets um, that fancy that fancy. He gets the set. super iPads. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, that's breaking right now. We're going to follow that. Obviously, we'll have an update next week on what happens with all of this. There's one other story that's breaking right now that may go big or may fizzle out. Since it's happening as we record, I'll play it now, and then we'll jump in from, from this. Yet another update on the breaking anthrax story. It's getting worse by the minute. Now there's word that the military may have accidentally shipped live anthrax to labs in nine states, not just one. They definitely sent <laughs> live anthrax to a lab in one state. Why would they be doing there's this? There's eight more. Eh, we don't really know. We're going we're gonna to check. A defense wow, official knows Chef, man, you all right? samples, dead samples, went by truck along with some live samples to a military lab in Utah. From there to labs in these states, all these yellow states, yellow states, anthrax states now, (laughs) the lab in Maryland reported that spores it received were still active, so not dead, but live anthrax. Why are we shipping around live anthrax? Why are we doing this? Now the labs in all the other states have the samples on lockdown until the government agents can pick them up to see if they were also live samples of anthrax. We reported earlier that Pentagon (laughs) officials said there was no risk to the public. But that defense officials tell us that there is not, it's not clear at all whether anybody was exposed to the live anthrax samples. So they sent live anthrax to one lab. Was anybody exposed? We don't know. Don't think so, but don't know. They sent dead anthrax to eight other labs, but now they're checking to make sure that none of those samples were live because they thought the other ones weren't live. Now they know they were. Now they probably knew all along. They just, come on. So they're checking these other labs to see if, well, we accidentally sent you live anthrax that can kill people. But so far as we know, nobody was exposed. <laughs> you know what I like about Shep's set? Is it looks like it would be a green screen set on any other TV network. But there yeah, it's a physical but set. But it's real. Yeah, I like, I like <laughs> it's that. a real set. All right. So while we're talking about NSA and privacy, uh, there, Clinton's emails have been getting released this week. And it turns out... You mean all of them? Well, they're doing it in bits. Leaking, wait, leaking wait. them out in bits. Bits? Yeah, yeah. Come on. Turns out. Yeah? Some discrepancies. Oh, right. Whoops. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Turns out. Wait, you would figure that the yeah. emails, that yeah. since they're customizing packages, yeah. that they would already filter out all the bad so stuff. So accidentally, the New York Times got a version that didn't have some stuff redacted that another publications did. Oh, really? And so different media organizations oh, compared notes, man. and it turns out that Hill Dog... Your buddy. My good friend. It was having a conversation with another good friend of yours, uh-huh. Mike Rogers. Oh, Mike. About guns and using third-party contractors to supply the people down there with guns. Oh, jeez. This is in Hillary's email, and that's in this report. 
And remember last week, we, last week we talked about the fact that the, 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 that ISIS, a lot of their guns came through Libya. So this is an email from Hillary Clinton talking about using contractors to give the insurgents guns, and then we got ISIS. And by the way, side note, uh, the show that you're going to pop up yeah. here happening now, know? It, are they trying to rip off Wolf? I know, right? Are they, that's his line. Well, so he ought to send the Wolf Pack after him. Uh, happening now in Fox News. Welcome back, everybody. Well, we're learning about big discrepancies between Hillary Huge. Clinton's emails released by the State Department last week and emails already made public. Now, that includes a discussion of possibly using private security experts to arm Libyan opposition fighters more than a year before the Benghazi attacks, which supports allegations of an off-the-books operation. Yep. Chief Intelligence Corp- Maybe that's why there was a CIA base there. Oh, wonder. Huh. Correspondent mm. Catherine Harris joining us. And I think Catherine Harris just works for the CIA, too. Look at her. She's so great. <laughs> Look at her. She's so well put together. She's got to be an asset. Live in Washington with more on this story. Catherine, what can you tell us about this? Well, good morning, Uma. An email sent by Hillary Clinton to her deputy chief of staff on April 8, 2011, forwards a private intelligence report from her advisor, Sidney Blumenthal. The version released by the State Department late last week has Clinton responding with an, F- an FYI and then this heavily redacted section. But the same email posted earlier in the week by the New York Times is not blacked out and reads in part, FYI, the idea of using private security experts to arm the opposition should be considered. Another email who's... Now, te- did you see that? So here's Hill Dog. She's saying, now I want to play it back because, you know, they, they're using code because they know this could uh, get exposed. This is an email from Hillary Clinton. FYI, the idea of using a private security expert to arm the opposition should be considered. Hmm. Using private security experts to arm the opposition should be considered. Another email whose text is fully redacted notes that Rogers, we believe to be then chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, Republican Mike Rogers. You know, the NSA's largest defendant, you know, that guy. Wanted to discuss the, quote, weapons issue with Mrs. Clinton. He wanted to discuss the weapons issue. So this is how big the scandal goes. It goes between Democrats, between Republicans. It goes between the State Department and this douchebag, Mike Rogers, <laughs> Congressman Mike Rogers. Douchebag. Republican Congressman Mike Rogers and Hillary Clinton in the State Department, Democrat, working together on the Benghazi scandal. Honestly, this is what it sounds like. It sounds like this guy knew about it. Of course, he's in the intelli- he's head of the Intelligence Committee, so that might make sense. But it goes to show you these people all know what's really up. They all are aware what the real story is. And what we get out in the public is just a BS line they feed us. An operation by private contractors to arm the Libyan opposition in 2011 before it was fully recognized by the international community was not permissible. Yes, and this would be the opposition to Gaddafi. The, we, we armed people to go take out Gaddafi and topple over Gaddafi. It's not like after they got him, toppled him. It's not like they put their guns down, you guys. They didn't just put their guns down and go, all right, well, thanks for the training and the, and the equipment. Uh, it was a good fight. Thanks and, a lot. Uh, going to go ya. back and work at the corner store. Have a good one. I'm out. No. No. They've got power. They're running the right. place. They're not going to stop. Yeah. And on its face, critics say, further supports their allegations that there was some kind of off-the-books operation, if not by the U.S., then by our ally, Zuma. So what about the classified testimony to Congress after the Benghazi attack? Well, in this a separate, heavily redacted testimony... I love, Catherine always does this. She holds up the letters like this. It's classic. Yeah, the classic redacted Such documents. a good prop. Such a good prop. Is it the same document? On November 15, 2012, then acting CIA Director Mike Morrell and the Director mm. of National Intelligence, James Clapper, he's the nation's intelligence chief, 
confirmed the U.S. intelligence community was aware weapons were moving from Libya to Syria. Uh -huh. This line of questioning by Republican Congressman Devin Nunez, who is now the intelligence committee chairman, was shut down by his predecessor, Mike Rogers, oh, who weird. said not everyone in the classified hearing was, quote, clear no to relation. hear the testimony. No relation. <laughs> yeah, no right? relation. So Rogers shuts down Representative Nunes over here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Stop it! That he, well, it's his name, dude. I know it's his name. So he was asking. It's not my fault. He was asking, you know, do, are you aware of this weapon shipment? Trying to get the answers, trying to get them on the record. And this was in a classified hearing even. Yeah. And Rogers still shut him down in a classified hearing. Wow. Rogers is the ultimate douchebag. Douchebag. They did not have a high enough security clearance. An outside analyst told Fox News that Rogers' comments suggest intelligence related to the movement of weapons was a read-on, and that means it was limited to a very small number of recipients. Separately, six months later, on May 22, 2013, Congressman Mac Thornberry, now the chairman of the House Armed Services Committee, asked virtually the same question if the CIA was monitoring the arms that others were sending into Syria. And this time around, Morrell gave on its face what appeared to be a very different answer. He said, no, the CIA was not monitoring the movement of weapons from Libya to Syria. So there's a different answer than what he gave in the private session. Mm. Wow, these emails are really um, showing us a lot. So much more to get to. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, Catherine, thank you very much. You're welcome. Yeah, that is kind of interesting, though. It does show that there was, uh, I, I think our original theory that the CIA depot there was there to move weapons around. Oh, yeah. Pretty much just been confirmed. Hill Dog was in it. Can she get out from underneath this? <laughs> Maybe. That's, that's a big, you might be right. That's a yeah. bit of a scandal now. Yeah. Now that they're linking these emails to potential weapons trafficking. See, see, I'm holding my red pick prediction. She's not the the emails is, is going to be the biggest thing that's going to hinder her during debates. It's going to hinder her during the election process. There's no way she's going to be president. It's I, not going to happen. What if what if the situation in Ukraine and Russia gets so bad that like Russia starts to become a serious threat and we need we need the only person who's uniquely qualified to run the empire, no. Bill Dog, to come no. in no. and put up no. against Putin. No. Are you sure? No. Yes, I'm positive. I'll watch this clip and see if you change your mind. All right, fair enough. Yeah. Two wounded men confessing on camera, a video put out by the Ukrainian Security Service. The Ukrainian Security Service is great at this, too. And also, by the way, the Ukrainian uh, Security Service just got busted by the U.N. for uh, human rights violations, for bombing civilians and things like that. The Ukrainian army, the ones we support, just got busted for human rights, for just burning civilians. Mm. You know, mm. but now they're a security force. They're not even an army. They were captured in Ukraine. And European monitors say they both admitted to being Russian soldiers. They told the monitors they were inside Ukraine on reconnaissance, not to fight. But they're not supposed to be there at all. And tonight, White House and NATO officials tell CNN they're concerned that Vladimir Putin and oh. his army are violating their ceasefire agreement with Ukraine, stockpiling troops and weapons at the border, arming and training Russian separatists inside Ukraine, getting ready for possible action. Many of their actions are consistent with preparations for another offensive. Ukraine's president claims Putin has bolstered Russian troop numbers at the border to 50,000. Now, this is a number coming from the Ukrainian government. It hasn't been confirmed, even though everybody has satellites up in the air. I don't know why we're not confirming this, but supposedly 50,000 troops, 50,000 troops sitting on the border. You would think with all the bulk data collection that we're doing... <laughs> That would be able to confirm that pretty easily. That the separatists have about 40,000 inside Ukraine. There's been significant fighting reported by European monitors. 
Why would Putin be fueling this? Hmm. His hmm. approval ratings went through the roof as soon as Russia annexed Crimea. This is such a bad theory. So their, their theory goes that Putin <clears throat> is such an egomaniac. I love this. That the guy, he got into the point where he can run the country. He got in this position of power where he's the total, he's this total dictator, a single decision maker for Russia, as they call right, him. Yeah. Uh, and he is so stroked by public opinion that he invades countries just to boost his numbers. Now, this is a model they then use to make him sound like a maniac. When really all you have to do is just reverse the logic a little bit. Maybe public opinion went up because he did those things. He didn't do those things to raise public opinion. He did those things first, and then public opinion went up. You see how that actually oh, works? Yeah. Public yeah. opinion went up because the public thinks he did the right thing. But they use it as a model to say, look, he did it to raise public opinion because he's a maniac. It's sort of a real twisted way to sort of spin things. Things went through the roof as soon as Russia annexed Crimea, and they haven't gone down since. They're hovering around 86 to 88 percent. I bet Obama's jelly of that. That's sort of totalitarian level approval ratings. Now, so I love this concept. So if you have really high approval ratings, uh, then you must be a, a, a dictator, a ruler. You're ruthless because you have a high You're approval awful. rating. Right. Now, if Barry had an 86% approval rating, he would be the revolutionary. He brought hope and change. He was he was the, the biggest deal that ever the happened to the U.S. president. The best president we've right. ever had, yeah. ever. No dictator, none of that. But because no. it's Putin, he's a dictator. Yes, of course he's a dictator. He's Putin. But, you know, like, just the way they spin well, the every little he, tiny like, detail. Well, the way he, kills bears right. and rides horseback without a shirt. Pets I tigers. Mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. Kills fish with his eyes. That's sort of totalitarian <laughs> level approval ratings, and he is addicted to them. Oh, yeah. Analysts say Putin believes he can do anything he wants in Ukraine, but that he's treading on dangerous ground. There could be a serious miscalculation where Putin may actually think that there is much less likelihood of us taking action to things that he is doing. And I think there is a great deal of signaling going on in the United States, in Europe and in NATO, particularly these statements uh, by General Breedlove and others, that, you know, if you keep pushing this, we will take action. The Russians continue to deny any plans for military action. With all eyes on Putin's next strategic moves, rumors also circulate about his personal life. Recently, his assumed girlfriend, Alina Kabayeva, appeared in public. The former gymnast wore a loose-fitting red dress. <gasps> Social media is buzzing with comments so about her possible it. weight gain. Well, if it's on Twitter, CNN's got to talk about it. They're just CNN, after all. They're just reporting the Twitter news. And rumors that she recently gave birth have been rekindled. They present him as very much the virile man about town, which is kind of like an image that a lot of uh, Russian men like to aspire to. A man of about town, Mr. Vladimir Putin. Going out with gymnasts. So uh, the Ukraine situation is still really awful. It yeah. really is. Like they, There are still a lot of people getting killed over there. And there's just not a lot of updates for us to report on specifically. But and, and by the way, whatever, I mean, there was no ever conclusion to the airplane crash, right? Nope. I mean, 17 Nothing. Still, yeah. Which is kind of suspicious. Yeah, that's suspicious when there's just nothing about it now. Yeah. It's just gone. Yeah. It's gone from the headlines. Yeah. Obviously, Germany was really pissed off about yeah. what happened, and then all of a sudden, now we're hearing there is nothing. A, I think there's actually a uh, like one of the third or fourth link right now in the unfiltered subreddit is sort of like, what's going on with MH17 and why is it being so quiet? That's one of the links in the subreddit right uh, now. Uh, I want to talk about ISIS for a bit. ISIL, Chris. Dash. Uh, and you know, there's a thread you and I have noticed for a while is this amping up of ISIS is this propaganda master online. They're mastering social oh, media. They're, yeah, they're, and there's like. When we've seen it. You guys have seen it. We've actually frozen the yeah. frames. Yeah. Like no followers, yeah. maybe yeah. 10 followers, yeah. brand new Twitter yes. accounts yes. that the news is clamoring yeah. onto. Yeah. So now it's gotten so bad. Uh, it's so bad. Yeah. The FBI is issuing terror bulletins about ISIS on Twitter. Oh. 
The new FBI Joint Intelligence Bulletin warns that U.S. military, law enforcement and government installations and personnel are at increased risk of attack by ISIS. The new warning, first obtained by Fox News and issued before Memorial Day, cautions that ISIS and other terror groups often time their attacks to significant or symbolic days to heighten impact. Yeah, it's funny. False flag people do that, too. It's kind of it's funny. Terrorists and people who plan false flags. <laughs> the terror attack in Garland, Texas, earlier this month demonstrated the threat from ISIS supporters hiding within the United States and communicating directly with ISIS leaders abroad. After the shooting, the security level at every military base across the country increased to Bravo, signifying a increased and predictable threat of terrorism. <laughs> U.S. bases generally have not been at this level since the 10th anniversary of you know, last year. the 9-11 attack. <laughs> U.S. law enforcement is particularly concerned about ISIS's aggressive and successful online Here propaganda campaign. Yeah. Thousands of people in the U.S. have shown interest Wait. in... Stop, Chris. Yeah. Uh, uh, how many people live in the United States? I believe the... Uh, oh, let's look it up, actually. I haven't checked by... It's like, what, with 300 and some 310 million population? Yeah, I thought it was 350. Yeah, I was pretty now. sure it was 350. Of the U.S. I'm going to check right yeah, now. Can you please... Th- th- thank, thank you. Th- 318 million 318 in, in 2014. And he said how many? Thousands. Thousands. Jeff. Wow. Thousands. So, um, wow. less people than listen to this show. <laughs> ISIS online, and U.S. officials fear that some of them could be inspired to carry out attacks here. It really is an expansion yeah. of how the internet has been used, the frankly, internet. for several uh, years You, you know now. what, Chris? You know what we need to do? Uh, yeah, because the internet. The internet. We, we need to uh, be able to um, uh, see all those tweets. Well, you know, Chase, uh, you know, as the FCC is rolling out their net neutrality standards, yes. perhaps yes, this Chris. is the time that America has that important conversation. We need to have the discussion about yes. speech online. Absolutely. We can't yell fire in a theater just like you can can't yell ISIS on the internet. You cannot do that because you got to think of the children, Chris. right? You got to think of the kids. L- Loretta, I'm I'm starting to think Loretta couldn't have been a better pick for the Justice Department. She just has one of these the most sincere, honest. This is the law. This yeah. is justice. Yeah. Meanwhile, you know she's just the biggest. Like we just played a clip to show she's a big ass liar. You know she's a big ass liar. She's a big ass liar when it comes to spying on you for the NSA. She's a big ass liar when it comes to you on the drug war. She's a big ass liar about guns. You know they're big ass liars. But she does such a good job of sounding genuine. I got to play it again when she tells us about the dangers of the internet. Hey guys in the chat room, watch out! It's dangerous. Internet has been used, frankly, for several years now, uh, both in recruitment and radicalization uh, of young people to join terrorist groups. You know, they've only been using it for a couple of years. Right. Now, the man believed to have been in touch with one of the Texas shooters is back online encouraging new supporters after having previous Twitter accounts suspended. The British-born ISIS recruiter Junaid Hussein posted his contact information on... See, they're not even they're not even showing the followers now, but dude got two retweets and nine favorites. <laughs> so, but they're not even showing the follower count anymore. ...on Twitter for anyone who wants to, quote, bake a cake, a well-known code phrase for building bombs. Groups like ISIL or Al-Qaeda now are calling publicly for attacks in the West of people who they have never recruited specifically, they have never trained. Someone could decide on their own to answer that call with little or no notice to our intelligence community. What's the point of our intelligence community then? So I, I just, Chase, can you make sure I've got this right? Yeah, go ahead, Chris. If I'm understanding correctly. Yes. 
the United States of America, the world's most powerful nation, the world that has a military, the, the nation that has a military like the world has never seen, the nation that has the NSA dragnet spying on all communication methods, the nation that has one of the largest police forces, the nation that has one of the fullest jails in the world, the fullest jails in the world. Are you telling me that that nation, the cowboy nation, the freedom fighting nation, that deserves an hoorah, eagle? By the way, hoorah! You tell e- me, eagle. Chase. Are you telling eagle. me? Yeah. Are you telling me that this nation is a scared, real scared of what a couple of teenagers tweet? No. Is this where we're at now? No. As a nation, that we are afraid of a couple of tweets by a couple of dumbass kids? No. Really? No. 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 The world's most powerful nation is afraid of Twitter. No. Chris. Trolls on Twitter. Really? This is where we're at. Chris, you know, this is what it feels like. You you know, no, no. They're 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 setting up the case. They're laying the groundwork. They're laying the foundation because we're going to put boots on the ground. (laughs) So since we're going to put boots on the ground, Chris, I I need your help. Yeah. Yeah. So we haven't done a red book prediction in a while. Okay. I'm, I'm pulling out the red book okay. right now. All right. <laughs> this, is, this is episode number. Is this number. about boots on the ground? This is about boots on the ground. Because I got a clip about boots on the ground next. That's my next clip. I know it's your next clip. <laughs> That's my next clip. I know it is. All right. So so here's the deal. It's episode 145. Yeah. You need to make a prediction, Chris. When when will we see boots on the ground? Chris, go. We will not see it in Obama's administration. But I do know so what we no will see. So no boots on the ground up until after 2016? After 2016? You're going to see your training. You're going to see your special wow. forces. You're going to see your aides. You might uh, even see medical. One. That's a good one. Which you're not going to see. You ready for this? All right. You're not going to see any boots under Obama. You, Obama won't go back on this. But what you are going to see... No boots Obama. Got it. Is we're going to do the same crap we did in Libya, the same crap we did in Syria, we're about to do in Iraq. We're going to give them guns. We're going to give people, not the military, we're going to give people guns. Oh. We're going to arm people, regular old people, and they're not going to give up their guns, just like they didn't in Libya, just like they didn't in Syria. We're going to do it again. And why? Like McCain always likes to say, just give them now some guns. Now we're going to bring in Senator John McCain. He's the Republican chairman for the Armed Services Committee, which just yesterday held a hearing on U.S. policy in Iraq and Syria. Good morning, Senator. Good morning. Okay, so this week has been a bad one in the fight against ISIS. They've captured Ramadi. They've captured Palmyra in Syria. Uh, Let me read to you what the president, President Obama, has said about these losses. He just gave an interview to The Atlantic magazine yesterday, and he says, no, I don't think we're losing. There's no doubt there was a tactical setback. Is that how you see these losses? It's it's just mind-boggling that the president could keep saying, and his spokesperson and others in the administration could keep saying what they're saying while thousands of people are being butchered, uh, I like that he uh, burning laughs. bodies in the streets, <laughs> executions, beheadings. And when you look at Palmyra, not only is it uh, a scene, a, a place of incredible antiquities, but it's also in a key area that connects different parts uh, of Syria. This is actually a really good point. Uh, so Ramadi is in a very valuable spot. There's, uh, there's gas and oil pipelines there and refinery stations. Uh, it's a beautiful city. We did fight like hell for it back in the Iraq war. And it does, uh, the territory they control now bumps right up against the border of Syria. It's pretty sweet. Now, as we watch John McCain here, remember McCain's always been the give him guns guys. Uh, and McCain is also, uh, is sort of grooming uh, Lindsey Graham as his protege to run for president. So McCain during this interview is going to sort of set Lindsey Graham up as the foreign policy expert. That's going to be Lindsey Graham's uh, big play in the 2016 election. And McCain's beginning to lay the groundwork in this interview, as well as set the case up for my Red Book prediction. Uh, uh, um, This is a disaster. It was predicted by me and Senator Lindsey Graham. 
and it's going to go on until we develop a strategy and a strategy that will be implemented that, to stop this advance of ISIS and, uh, of course, the chaos and slaughter that's going on, which is uh, terrible. Senator, we hear your frustration, but what is the U.S. role here? Your colleague and friend, Lindsey Graham, who you just uh, cited, he believes that it's time for U.S. ground troops to fight ISIS. Do you- so I want to stop here. So. It does kind of turn my stomach that McCain comes on and does this fake sincerism about, oh, the beheadings, the burnings, the people dead in the streets. And if you've watched the Unfilter show for 145 weeks, anytime we have a tragedy, McCain's always the guy making this case. Yeah, always. This, he was making the same case a year ago about going to Syria. He made the same case about going to Libya. Think about the atrocities. He goes in front of the camera. He gets his eyes a little watery, and he makes this this case. And he's gotten a lot better at it. This is the best pitch he's ever done. But underneath it all, he's really a pitch man for the military-industrial complex. He wants more fights. He wants to get air attacks in there. He wants air support. He wants boots on the ground. Lindsey Graham isn't releasing any statements. And this whatever you want to call her, I'm not going to call her an anchor. Let This news entertainer is playing right into their political game, saying, well, Lindsey Graham is saying... No, Lindsey Graham isn't saying shit. John McCain is having Lindsey Graham say stuff, and that's why John McCain is the one speaking right now, yep. and she's playing right into it. So John McCain, this dirty son of a bitch, is using these people's deaths and the tragedy going over there and the platform to send guns and boots on the ground, which will cost American lives. This son of a bitch is using that platform to promote Lindsey Graham, which is all a political game, so he can run in 2016, and it's Disgusting. You agree with that? Well, we had a hearing yesterday, and among our witnesses were the two architects of the surge, uh, General Keene and uh, and Fred Kagan, uh, who convinced the president to reverse the strategy that was losing in 2006. And look, it's not massive American troops, but it is additional American troops. Do you know that how 75 many? percent? But, but seriously, how many? Well, what, well, I what would say, I would say, I would say 10,000. Okay, and, and how? But they got to be on the ground, and they've got to be on the ground. And 75 percent of the of the flights, the, the combat sorties, are returning to the base without dropping a weapon. Now, there's a really good reason why he's doing this. McCain is playing a very important role here. Uh, what McCain is doing is he is setting up the case for a solution that isn't boots on the ground. John McCain is never going to get these boots on the ground. This is my prediction. This is my Red Book prediction. What John McCain is trying to do is make a loud counter-contrast to Obama's current strategy. Obama's current strategy is educational support, advisory, and air support. McCain says that's not enough. McCain knows Obama will never put boots on the ground. So what McCain is doing is he's he's doing a very traditional political technique where you go way, way, way out on the other end of the spectrum so that way there's compromise in the middle. But the people that are compromising isn't Obama. This plan's been laid down for a long frickin' time. We're going to get into that in a minute. It's been laid down for a What he is trying to do is frame up this dichotomy in the American public's mind that, my God, our only solution left is to put boots on the ground. My God, even 10,000. I know they're trying to keep it short, but my God, that is what they're trying to make you think. Oh, man, we're down to boots on the ground? So the next week, when they come out with the real solution, what they're really going to do, we're all going to go, oh, well, that seems like a bad idea, but at least it's not American boots on the ground. You just wait. That's what they're setting you up for. I'm not going to tell you what that is in a moment. Do you know why? Because they don't have anybody on the ground to give them the targets oh, that they need. I, wait, wait. I, I'm sorry, Senator. I thought we had advisors. Yeah. I thought we had yeah. people there yeah. helping out. And, and I actually, thought we had air support blimps, uh, drones. Who's calling in the air support now? Where are the satellites at? Yeah. What about the reconnaissance drones that are constantly surveying the area? What about all the bulk collection data <laughs> that we've been collecting? Air campaign 
among others. And if we don't uh, train and arm and equip and have people on the ground and military presence with these units, they will continue to disintegrate, particularly the Iraqi government uh, army, uh, the, uh, the Iraqi yeah. army, which is now non-existent. Okay. So- All right. So let's stop there. The Iraqi army, which is now non-existent. Uh, so let's talk about the Iraqi government and the criticism they're getting after the fall in Ramadi. And uh, sort of let's the general pitch from the mainstream media is the Iraqi government is totally incompetent. They ran from the fight. They can't be trusted. I don't know what all our training went into. They're a total disaster. That's the line we're getting. This is Al Jazeera's take. Ten to one. The Pentagon says that's by how much Iraqi army troops outnumbered ISIL forces before Ramadi, the provincial capital of Anbar province, fell on May 15th. So the Iraqi army lost to ISIS when they outnumbered ISIS 10 to 1. Yeah, you know what? That does sound like a dramatic failure. If I was the mainstream media, I'd be talking about that, too. That sounds pretty pathetic. Good afternoon. Making U.S. Defense Secretary Ashton Carter's recent criticism of the Iraqi military all the more damaging. What apparently happened is the Iraqi forces just showed no will to fight. They were not outnumbered. In fact, they vastly outnumbered the opposing force. And yet they failed to fight and withdrew from the site. They failed to fight and they withdrew from the site. They were not outnumbered. In fact, they vastly outnumbered the opposing force. They failed to fight, and they withdrew from the site. That's Ash Carter, U.S. Defense Secretary, right there. Secretary right. of Defense, right, right there. there. Right. Yeah. Okay. That says to me, and I think to most of us, that we have an issue with the will of the Iraqis to fight ISIL and defend themselves. And this now, is partially true. There is some yeah. religious, you know, uh, turf well, yeah, war stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, so, so if they don't want to fight, and they're just going to let ISIS take over, ISIL dash. Yeah take over then why even get them if that's what they want if that's what they just want to let them walk over them and not defend themselves right. well Who because isis we? is the biggest bad guy ever we can't let the biggest bad guy ever go through oh no of course right. not chris we gotta get the boots on the ground right well that's so that's exactly that's the line I'm, of thinking they want you to go they go well, well I guess of course we, that's the narrative if, that they're if we can't trust the army but isis is the biggest chris, bad guy they're recruiting ever. your kids right now on oh. twitter that's They're true. recruiting them on We've Twitter. We've got to act now. We've got to act now. They're putting pictures on Instagram. Carter's assessment caused an uproar in Baghdad, forcing the U.S. Vice President Joe Biden to call Prime Minister al-Abadi on Monday to reassure him the U.S. still stood by Iraq in its fight against ISIL. Now, what did they have to call about? They had to call because the Iraqi government's like, what the hell are you talking about? Right. What do you, what? I'll get to that. But on Tuesday, the Obama administration was once again putting pressure on Baghdad. What the Iraqi government has acknowledged uh, is that the setback that they experienced in Ramadi uh, was at least in part attributable to uh, a breakdown in some military command and planning. Now, that you hear that line there? Yeah. That's the really nice way to talk about what's going on here. I want to play another clip for you here in a second uh, to give you a little more deets on what happened here. So uh, I have to go to a, and that clip goes on further if you guys are interested. I have to go to a clip that I have to seek through a little bit. This is footage from a cell phone camera in the battle at Ramadi. And CNN has taken that footage and they've kind of put together uh, a little bit of... Um, uh, of of a of like a coverage of what happened. So this is what happened to Ramadi from a soldier's perspective, and I'm kind of coming in the end of this clip. I might have to jump around a little bit. Uh, so, uh, but you'll hear, I think, a pretty important line. As we're detained, four of them foreigners. 
Under interrogation, a captured ISIS fighter described their surveillance and bold tactics. Al-Yassidi recalls the fighter saying, We flash a light at the tower. We know that there are only 28 soldiers and in five-hour rotations, and that there is a lack of ammunition. If the soldiers don't fire at us, then we crawl and plant the bomb. So that's that's what an ISIS uh, soldier said. Al-Yassidi bristles at the accusation. Now, this is an Iraqi soldier that she's talking right. to. He's the guy that bristles at the situation as an Iraqi soldier. A warning graphic video. That Iraqi soldiers don't have the will to fight. Now, he says, what do you mean we don't have the will to fight? He wants to quit the army and join the militia. Now, why would he want to quit the army and join the militia? The failure is with the military higher-ups, he says. Now, this is a soldier saying the situation in Marathi, so the hierarchy. It was the, okay. the higher-ups. Who gave the orders to retreat. They gave the orders to retreat when they outnumbered them 10 to 1? And allowed supply lines to fail and front lines to collapse. So they didn't supply the soldiers. They didn't supply backup support. So these guys were out in the front. They were supposed to have another group behind them to, to prevent them from getting so, surrounded. So, that group so, wasn't so there. So is the leadership secretly involved with ISIS? I don't know. I mean, I saw I, I'll, t- I'll tell you... Uh, so here's my theory. All right. This is my uh, this is my deep dark theory, uh, uh, and maybe I should play this piece before we get to it. I'm going to play this clip, and then I'll tell you my theory because I think this okay. sort of helps give you the information that you need. All right. Uh, uh, in fact, I have two clips I want to play. There's a lot to go in here, but then I'll give you my prediction. Islamic State militants have seized the final border crossing between Syria and Iraq, and that's according to the Syrian Observatory for Human Rights, which says militants are now in control of more than a half of Syria's territory. And recent gains include the ancient city of Palmyra, a UNESCO World Heritage Site. But it all comes after declassified documents were published showing that as early as 2012, U.S. intelligence predicted the rise of Islamic State. Now remember, those Hillary Clinton emails were also from 2012. So when they're doing this shit down in Libya, the U.S. intelligence officials are saying this is going to cause the rise of the Islamic State. That's what the documents show. The report shows the powers who supported the Syrian opposition, like America, envisioned the creation of an independent principality in eastern Syria and supported it. They also clearly predicted the establishment of Islamic State through its union with other terror organizations in Syria and Iraq. Oh. And during the Syrian uprising, Washington largely supported the opposition. One of its leaders, Abdul Jabbar al-Oqaidi, is a commander of the Free Syrian Army, he has links to Islamic State and has praised the militants in the recent past. So he's saying, yes, of course I communicate almost daily with the brothers from ISIL. I settle, I settle disputes with them. The brothers. Let's show you the former U.S. ambassador to Syria, Robert Ford. They're posing with al-Qaeda. As recently as May 2013. But not just him. What about the U.S. Senator John McCain has also come under fire. This was a last year, the picture of him there with alleged Islamic State jihadists in Syria. It was apparently taken during a visit to the country when he was meeting the uh, opposition leaders. Well, uh, these days, uh, the U.S. government is playing a different tune. When it- Stop there. So uh, there, the documents come out showing that this, the, we knew the Islamic State would be created from this. And, uh, and a former, here's, an, here's a former uh, military defense intelligence official saying that Iraq is a failed experiment. And he's going to lay out what the grand plan has been all along. And, Chase, you're going to recognize that we've talked about this. Bring in Mike Barrett, former Defense Department intelligence officer, and live with us in Washington. Losing is frustrating. 
It is, Shep, but you know, the flip side of this is we're not really sure what we're fighting for. I mean, for every, uh, for every pilot who's flying in Iraq trying to take out ISIS, we also have people trying to work to help the Saudis uh, fighting the Iranians in Yemen. So, uh, you know, one of the big challenges here is we're not committed. You can see that clearly from the numbers that Jennifer just reported, 14 airstrikes a day on average. But the fact is we're not committed because we haven't really decided what we want to do. If you, if you clear and you hold in Iraq, for instance, then somebody has to take over in that area. And if it's one sect on another, if it's Sunni on Shia or the, or the other way around, then there's cleansing which follows and it's all screwed up. So this is – okay, I'm going to stop right here. Okay. Here's my prediction, Chase. All right. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to continue to arm the people. We're going to arm the people and give them the guns. We're going to pick one side, one religious side over the other. And instead of working with the government, instead of working through the government, we're going to keep doing that too. But what we're really going to invest in is giving guns, weapons, communication equipment directly to the people. And then we're going to create a whole other turf war, a whole other set of people, and we're going we're to try to split Iraq into three. Just like everything we've done in the Middle East in the last 25 years has been completely screwed up. Military people might say FUBAR. So we're in the middle of another FUBAR situation. We absolutely are, Shep. I mean, you're right. The, the way that I see this, there's no way that you can ever have the Iranian-backed uh, Shia militias doing the clearing part of the clear and hold into Sunni-dominated regions. The Sunnis who are on the ground are always going to accept ISIS before they accept Shia domination. That goes back centuries. So what we've got to do is figure out a way that the Sunnis are fighting for their own freedom. People will pick up arms and fight for freedom. But to do that, we've got to shatter this illusion that Iraq is a single country and that at all costs we're going to hold it together and force the Kurds, the Sunni, and the Shia to all have some kind of a common ground. They simply don't. Yep. I think this has been the play all along. I think what we're doing right now is we are making the case to arm the people directly so that that way they will create this three-state Iraq that we've wanted for so long. We've wanted this since the 80s. This is going to happen. This has been the U.S. long-term strategy forever this is so so are they hoping to just keep isis in this bubble because that's not going to happen they're not going to keep them in this province and keep them behind these borders and go all right well fine you're going to get your own little place they're not going to stay there i mean remember chris they're already in syria they took the boats to syria and libya and libya and it's really it's just ridiculous that we keep spending so much time and treasure and blood trying to force that fake fiction into reality. Yeah, I I hear so many really smart people who want to talk. I mean, very smart people, a lot smarter than I am, who'll be like, Shepard, but surely they want to hold their country together. I don't think most Americans get it, that they do not care at all about Iraq as an entity. They didn't create it. People from another continent created it. They've never thought about it. They don't want it. We want it. They don't want it. It's exactly right, Shepard. I mean, this is 100 years ago, post-colonial hangover. That's all this is. We drew some lines on a map, and we thought crossing sectarian lines would create some spirit of nationalism. But you look all across the Middle East, it has not happened. It simply didn't work. It's a failed experiment. The only good news is that finally we're starting to hear some members of Congress speak out about it in those stark terms. We're finally hearing more and more retired military coming out and speaking the truth about it. No, the whole thing is is we're just taking our long-ass time because we don't want to be uh, slammed for nation-building. This. Now that we don't have so many Americans in harm's way on the ground, maybe we can start to be honest with ourselves and set a strategy that has some chance of actually achieving some of our war aims. Uh, But the last time, it seems like to me, that everybody was fully honest was at the beginning. Because you know what they said then? At the beginning, they said, A, you have to have ground troops for this to work. And B, there's no military solution to ISIS. You have to change the ideology. 
They want our ground troops in there. The president has promised no ground troops. And God forbid anybody changes that decision and we get involved in the middle of this thing. And secondly, without an ideology change, this isn't going away. They told us that at the beginning. The rest of this is just noise. Yeah, you're right, Shep. I mean, it's certainly not going away. People are, somebody's going to have to be on the ground. What I would rather see is the Saudis and the Turks and some of the other Sunnis in the region on that the ground. That sounds great. Well, I mean, that, that's, what we're, that's what they're doing in uh, Yemen, for example. They're willing to pick up arms against the Shia, Give but they're not guns. willing to pick up arms against ISIS. And that's really what we've got to change. Give that's them where guns. diplomacy comes in. That's where a strong America comes in. And that's where having some kind of a strategy where people trust us and believe us comes in. Unfortunately, the Sunnis think that we're in bed with the Shia based on our negotiations with Iran over the nuclear program. And the Shia are convinced that we created ISIS. Uh, well, aren't the Shia right? <laughs> well, we had some things to do, unfortunately. I mean, yeah, we didn't obviously we, intentionally create it. but No, no, no. Know, we don't intentionally it, do much of anything wrong. God, that's so great. We just do things, and then later we remember, oh, oh yeah, there's more to do after this. We will be treated as liberators. The Iraqi people will treat us as liberators. It will cost just a few dozen billion dollars, and we'll be out of there quickly. Remember? Remember that? Yeah, I... I do, Chef. The yeah. one thing that I'm always reminded of these days is when you find yourself in the middle of a hole, the first thing you do is stop digging. Yep. And we are deep in a hole at this point. Oh, that is for sure. Dang. So um, that was that was gorgeous. That was beautiful. Very nice. So, yeah, we're going to arm these guys. Yeah. We're going to do the same thing we've always done. We'll go pick the moderates like <laughs> we like to do. And uh, the great thing is... It's not going to work. What I love it's about not it gonna work. is we're going to arm and finance the same people that Iran is arming and financing. Oh, so an enemy of my enemy is my friend? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How do you like them apples? Yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, there's planning a counterattack to get Ramadi back. They think it could take anywhere from a couple of days to a week. We might have an update for you uh, on that story next week. We do have that um, in, the, uh, uh, in, the, in the supporter sync if right. you want. Now, Chase, uh, I want to give a quick mention. Patreon.com slash unfilter. That's, right. that's where folks go to support this show. We don't have any advertisers because we want to be able to say what we want to say and talk about what we want to talk about. And uh, that really has lended us to the listener-supported now, model. Now, Chris, last week you know, we made a call. Uh, we asked, hey, guys, can you jump on board to the unfiltered Patreon page? And a lot of you guys responded. Did we, we get are some bites? F- we did. We are now four just four away from one. That's I'm sorry, awesome. from four hundred. I was going to say one thousand. Yeah, from four hundred. For, for four hundred. Now, here's the thing. You know, obviously, as Chris mentioned, Unfilter is a listener and viewer supported show. And since you are supporting us, we're going to give you perks. Now, first off, you can just say, "Hey, I'm a supporter at two dollars per month." That's nice. That means you're supporting us. Your your name gets on the Unfilter page here on the Patreon yep. page. But yep. you also if, get access to that. Yeah, uh, you get access to supporter show, which is the pre and post show, which and, really got lots of good stuff. And you're an exclusive club because when you communicate with us on that page, it comes directly to us. Mm-hmm. We know to pay attention to you, to yeah. listen you're to our you, boss, to be. Part of things. You're the management board of the Unfilter Show. But if you really step up and become a full Patreon supporter at the $5 or more month level, that's the secret you sauce. You get the supporter sync, yeah. which, Chris, how far does it go back now? It, 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 literally over 100 episodes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Over yeah. 100 episodes it yeah. goes back. And, and there's so much, like, uh, in the supporter sync, uh, here, let me go. Uh, I love doing this. Oh, yeah. So Sh- in the, show them the, in the supporter uh, overtime sync. folder yes. here, we have, uh, let's see, we have uh, 23 clips. 
that uh, weren't weren't played in the show yeah. today that uh, are full of good information, additional stuff that you might be able to use for your own resources. Right. But not only that, you get all of our notes. You basically get all of the assets that make this show possible. What you get is the source code to our show That's right. at $5. And then there's also the Swag Club members, which we just sent out some swag recently. Right. So go to unfilter.com slash, or I'm sorry, patreon.com slash unfilter. One of the big things that just recently happened with the show, and this is why we're doing a push to try to get to 400, is we hired a producer for Woo-hoo! the show. I really got to the point where I was talking to Ange and Chase, and I was like, we need help. I just can't do this need anymore. Help. I've been doing this for this long, and like I'm, I'm still, I'm still getting clips and, and going through all of it. But Matt's helping me now too. We're working together, and it's really cool to have somebody else help get some of that stuff because it takes a ton of dedicated software and hardware and a lot of time. Yeah, a lot of time, a lot of time. Yeah, a lot of time. All right, Chris. A we lot know, of time. We know it's a lot of time. It, it's a lot of time. I know it's a lot of time. Yeah, so it's really great to have yeah. some help, but we do need to get to 400 to actually make it long term viable to yep. make the show sustainable. We can't do the show without our producer no. anymore. It's just gotten to be too much, but. You can make it last. Patreon.com slash unfiltered. Let's get that to 400. And thanks for your support, you guys. Really, I mean, um, we know there's, you know, literally thousands of you who download and watch the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we really only care about you guys who Patreon. I mean, seriously, you guys are the we ones who you. support us. So, check out, uh, check so out, thank you. Check out the uh, supporter sync uh, this week, you guys, for some great clips. Now, for this next segment, Chris. We're gonna uh, we, we're gonna take a little bit of a, a turn, a detour, a, a detour. You know, we're we're going off the main street path. We're going down a dirt road because we're gonna talk about something that you and I, uh, dare I say, a lot of podcasters, which I would consider what we are, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. don't like. They're not gonna talk about. A lot of people are not gonna talk about in public. Other podcasters, other podcasters yeah. are not gonna talk about in public what we're about to talk about, and right. because they're not gonna talk about it. Is they're either afraid to, they don't want to be blacklisted, they don't want to be shamed, yeah. they don't want to be. It's like one of those things where you're not supposed to talk about. But there, there's repercussions, right? But we're gonna but we're gonna talk about. We've, it. we've got to because uh, this is this is something that you and I have followed for a while, and uh, it has been ongoing for the last few weeks, and we have watched this situation unravel. And uh, both Chase and I just have sort of facepalmed a few times, and we decided we've got to talk to you guys about it because it has so much to do with community, it has so much to do with new media, and how tech coverage is going to be created in the future. And why we got involved in doing what we're yeah. doing today. So uh, what we're talking about is, uh, uh, and I, 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 uh, I don't know how many of the details we need to get into, but the Twit Network has been having some issues. Um, Twit uh, is This Week in Tech, yes, yeah. who uh, was created by Leo Laporte, uh, who has been involved in technology and broadcasting in almost his entire life, over 30 years. Started out in radio, uh, then was very popular on the tech TV broadcast network, which folded. And then one day, himself and uh, a few others from the old school mm-hmm. created a podcast, and it just kind of blew up into and this. He, and Leo himself, the uh, runner, owner of it, maintains a, a weekly, weekly weekend radio show called The Tech Guy. Tech Guy <laughs> and it's syndicated uh, across radio stations all over yeah, it's the part U.S. part of the premier radio network. Yep. So it's the same network that runs Rush and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, during his Tech Guy radio show, uh, Leo accidentally showed his penis. <laughs> <laughs> so, he showed a picture on his screen of his dick. He took a dick pic, and it was on his photo library, and he showed it. And, right. of course, people watching his live stream capped it, put it up on a blog, and made a lot of attention about right. it. Now, uh, just really quickly, I, I just re- I, I'm a little disappointed in the entire internet for giving – I think, think it kind of sucks that people are giving Leo a hard time for taking a picture of his dick. Um, well, you know, they're, giving he, him a, they're giving him a hard time. 
because of the previous history. No, I know. I just want to say this really yeah, quick. Okay. Those of you, I have seen people out there. They're just giving a hard picture, a hard time because he took a picture of his dick. And I hate this sort of like body shaming thing that we do. We're like, oh, you shouldn't take a picture of yourself, or you shouldn't. Well, well, what you should do is you're going to take a picture of yourself. You take precautions not to display it on air. That's well, what you do. Well, first off, to be fair, Chris, we don't know whose dick it is. Yeah, right. Uh, no, I'm, I'm saying we don't know 100 percent for sure. There's a huge assumption that it is, but we don't know for sure. So we should say that. I would bet big money on that. I know you probably would. Because <laughs> the only reason is is because it is a live video, and it's they would in order to, so, to insert his dick. You mean it's somebody else's dick? Well, no, 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 no. Well, I, I don't know. All I'm saying is this. All I'm saying is is he showed a dick on the air. Yeah. Okay. Which is bad, regardless, really. Right. And Especially so, in a radio show. So first off, you know, Chris and I talked about this from a technical standpoint for a moment. If you're going to show, uh, and obviously, you know, Leo is is talking about you know technology. He's talking about the the photo stream on on the, uh, the on the Mac there where he was showing these pictures. You and I and Chris were talking about you would have a pre-setup computer with right. images of dummy pictures. Yeah, and preloaded with data. You, you wouldn't use your own personal they've got, data. They've got dedicated producers. They've got dedicated computers. You could use different accounts. That's all it really takes is right. preloaded data. So instead of doing that, instead of like, all right, Leo, you've shown your dick too many times. You've shown your sex pictures too many times. Uh, Texts. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of, instead of saying what we're going to do is give you dedicated on-set computers that are preloaded with safe data. Right. They've decided to take a, a different turn, and they're shutting down their live stream altogether. There's been a development. Okay, I'll, talk I'll about tell you what I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're going to shut down the live stream and only show pre-produced shows, right. and they're shutting down their chat room right. and saying, uh, in fact, why don't I play a little bit of this? Yeah, go ahead. Just play. so that way you guys have the audio, and then we'll discuss the update from this point. Yeah. Okay. Uh, chat room, I have some very bad news for you, so brace yourself. Uh, maybe I'll save this for later. We're going to shut the chat room down uh, uh, one week from yesterday. Um, so uh, we are. Uh, we're, this is part of uh, the new website launch, uh, which is June first. See, he kind of pretends like it's part of the website launch, but it's not right. about that at all. No. Well, um, I have theories. What I, a reason I'm telling you now is I want to give you all a chance to uh, create your own community somewhere else, uh, unofficial community. Uh, most of the hosts have asked the hosts this week as an experiment to see how it works to not look at chat. We're turning chat off in the studio, uh, but I did want to give you some heads up so you could create your own. Uh, now, this is inherently a bad idea because these are going to be disenfranchised fans. They're going to create their own communities filled with other disenfranchised fans, which is already happening. Right. It's 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 happening on many sites, so many th- places. This is the angle I think is particularly interesting is what you are seeing here is a media company reacting in a way that sort of poisons the well. Now, the problem is, is these community members are exactly sort of the originating feed of what feeds a lot of content. So when you poison the well, it's very well, dangerous. And these community members are the ones who really push twit, in my opinion, to yeah. keep going. Well, they're the twit to, army. Yeah, right. Um, communities. We're going to look at ways that we could perhaps do an invite-only chat, but what's happened is, unfortunately, the trolls have just gotten so out of control. And what you don't see is the behind-the-scenes battle the mods fight pretty much constantly. And uh, it's sad to me because I, I feel like what we do behind the scenes, the live interaction is so important. What we're doing right now is so important to what we do, but uh, not to the point where it becomes uh, a problem for my family or... Our, our employees or our hosts. So uh, it's sad, but that's what we have to do. And then it goes on to say they're going to discontinue live programming too. Yeah. Now, this uh, why we're talking about this. This is it's it's an interesting dynamic. A group of internet trolls go after another people, another group of people, and 
it's sort of like when a community turns on where they came from, and the, rea- the reaction to this was very, very strong. Well, a lot of them were very, very upset because of how Leo came out and said this. He said, this is because of, I'm shutting down the chat room, I'm shutting down all this because of trolls. No, you're shutting it down because of a mistake that yeah. happened on the air. And I feel like, and I think like maybe like uh, Lisa's son saw it too. Like there is ramification, like and his staff has to see that. Right. Like, I f- genuinely feel bad for the man. Like now, that really sucks. Now but here, it is his own doing. Right. It's his own doing. I mean, he, he is a public person. He puts a lot of his life in public, uh, you know, taking pictures on Instagram and, you know, putting tweets out and that sort of thing. And as a, you know, celebrity like that, you know, that's his choice to do. Now, that being said, today, mm-hmm. as we record this, uh, earlier today, uh, he kind of did an about face. And I heard there was a little bit of a yeah, change. Yeah, th- there was a little bit of a change. So, so by the way, this story was picked up by Gawker. Yeah, it was picked up by Perez Hilton. That's why we decided to cover it. Right. It's actually being picked up by more and more sites now. And I think it's a really interesting study on community and, and going bad and, and all of this. And one thing that, that kind of irks me, okay, and I've always figured Leo to be a trustworthy person. I've had no uh, reason not to believe him in, in, in what he says on the air and, and in chats and things like that. But the thing is, you know, he uh, – so Gawker went to him for a comment. And, and they and they asked him, you know, hey, you know, what's going on here with the picture? And, you know, he said – and this is a direct quote from Leo Laporte. He said, quote, trolls posted a Photoshop perpetrating to be my penis. But that's just the tip of the iceberg, so to speak. So he's claiming that the picture and everything mm-hmm. that was posted online, mm-hmm. these trolls, mm-hmm. was just a Photoshop trick. Which is such a horrible mistake to make because now, like, Perez Hilton is totally making fun of him for lying about his dick Well, and not, it's not only that, but uh, Gawker tweeted it out twice. And the raw video – see, here's the thing. This episode of The Tech Guy was posted online. Yeah. Uh, it, through Twit. And that segment was edited they out. They took it out, yeah. They edited it out. Now, I understand maybe they edited it out because uh, – well – they edited it out because it it's was a dick. it was a dick. Yeah, and you know, for Leo to say, "Well, it was photoshopped," that's very disingenuous. And for him to say that really irks me because it's like you don't Photoshop video. First no, of all. no, you can't. <laughs> and you know, there's the raw video available, and you can watch it if you want. Yeah. But for him, you know, you can even hear him react. He goes, "Oh, oh," you know yeah. that that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, but let me talk about the development. So, and, and this is another part that irks me. So, uh, further developments today. Uh, Leo jumped in the chat room uh, on on the Twit chat room that's still there uh, that he said no one's paying attention to, but he's obviously paying attention to. Uh, but he says, "Hey, we're uh, we're looking into something, some sort of verified system, maybe a dollar a month or something." Lisa, his wife, talked him off the ledge. He think it would be a better experience for us all as long as we can keep the trolls at bay. It's not the money. It would force identification. We would give it all to the mods. Now, wh- let's do a little math here, Chris. You know, on any given Sunday on, on the Twit Network, you know, Twit, the po- most popular show, gets about a thousand mm-hmm. chatters. Mm-hmm. So big that they actually go to an overflow room. Mm-hmm. If each chatter paid a dollar a month, that's a thousand dollars a month. Twelve yeah. months a year, that's one hundred and twenty grand you'd, you'd a year. A, you'd probably have a fifty percent drop off minimum. You could you could almost hire somebody dedicated just to keep an eye on the yeah. chat room. That's uh, they I mean, they're very free to try that. I don't think that's going to work very well. Now, but that being said, what what bugs me, and this is this is the irkness that I have. They're launching a new website on June first. They, yeah. they've talked about taking their live streaming, pu- putting it possibly behind a paywall. 
Uh, a few weeks ago, Jason Calacanis was back on Twit as a panel guest. Yeah. They talked about how these trolls, they talked about how, yeah. how people enter the chat room. And I think he was Jason Calacanis who suggested he did, yeah. uh, a dollar a month. Yeah. And now all of a sudden they're coming up with this idea for, yeah. for identity. Now there's free, uh, don't get me wrong, Chris. There's probably free ways to restrict a chat room uh, for make make people identify. Yeah. You don't need to charge a dollar a month to it. What's the point in that? Because you'd actually get their actual identity, like uh, the payment address and all that. Kind but there's of still stuff. ways to kind of spoof that, isn't it? And what there? are they ever going to do with it? They're right. ever going to go track the person down. They know where the total drama troll lives now. They're right. not going there. Right. So, and actually, they've mentioned, and that's the other thing. Leo talks about how you know they've been tr- being trolled. Uh, but then they they dox the the the, the site they dox the, the, people the running person it. running it yeah uh, and, and you know it, it's a big turf war back and forth um, and it's, it's I think it's a fascinating study in internet communities uh, and I think it's it's a little scary and I think it's scary because but see the weird thing is he could lose his job for this he see, could lose the premier radio job for this because that dick pic was during his radio show right. Right. This is not good publicity for the tech guy show. No, no. And, you know, he does a lot of things off the cuff. And, you know, he bl- – see, here's the thing. He blames the trolls. He blames the community for bringing this out in the open. But you know what? This is his own undoing. Mm-hmm. This, I- I'm sorry, Leo, but what you did here, t- you got to own up to it. If we made a mistake on the air, if we showed – well, we've shown racks before on the air, but you know, if we if we've done things really unintentional to a let's say you're doing we were doing a a G-rated show, and then all of a sudden there's really bad content. We have to own up to yeah. it. You know. Well, they did try to edit it out, but well, they edited it out. But the thing is, he he says, well, it was photoshopped. That's a. I'm sorry, that's not true. It wasn't photoshopped. We've been doing video production for nearly it's, a decade. I know it's kind of sad. So here's here's the real problem: the tech guy can't prevent his dick pics from getting leaked on the internet, and then when they do get leaked on the internet, the tech guy does a really bad tech lie. Like you don't Photoshop video, you don't Photoshop moving frames like that, and you don't have somebody's. So it's either somebody else's dick in the middle of his photo stream, or it's his dick. It's his dick. Yeah. The Photoshop thing is just – anyways, I, we don't have to go on and on about no, it, but no, it's just but, been fascinating. But the, the weird thing is – all right, so – Where do you so, think it's going to go? What do you so, think? so the reaction – the reaction is I think the plan all along was to charge for the chat room or find a way to charge no. for the chat room. No. Well, the the gears started turning it's in been the back of their heads for a while. It, yeah, the gears have been turning a little bit. Yeah. But, but the worst thing about it is to, to, to go with the reaction of saying we're going to kill the live stream – okay, we're going to kill the live stream and we're just going to show pre-recorded content kind of like a major network – Leo has made quotes saying, "We're like more like a TV network, now. right? We want to we want to be new media. We want to be on the forefront. We want to be open." And he says, "You know, old media. We're not old media." And and then he's trying to turn it into old media. Mm-hmm. Okay, countless people have donated their money and time to promote the Twit Network for free. Dedicated countless hours. There was a time in my life where I actually was vying and trying to be a part of things down there. So I'll tell you this, dude. And here's the thing. Okay. For us giving our opinions, we're probably going to get blacklisted. blacklisted. Yeah. And the reason and then that's sad because gee, you know, Leo Leo will will talk about the people uh on 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 these websites like Total Drama and Gawker and and Perez Hilton and they'll say, "Well, they're all nothing but trolls. They're nothing but trolls." Uh so he'll talk crap about them, but for us to give our opinions, that means we're crap. 
I mean, that's his bowl. So, uh, so the chat room says, you know, one of those, why, 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 in what way does this matter in an unfiltered context? And here's what I think, too, besides the community aspect. Isn't it interesting to watch independent media coverage sort of morph into a more traditional broadcast company where they start to remove the community aspect, they start to kind of lose t- touch of that, and the coverage starts to shift? I suspect. So that'll be yeah. interesting to see what happens long term. But shutting, turning off the community when it's the community that made you who you are. It's if, crazy. If, if it wasn't for the people who listened to your shows, Leo, if it wasn't for the people who spread the links and jumped in the chat and, and watched the live feeds, the, you know, you wouldn't be where you're at. And then all of a sudden you're already here. You're at this top level or you're at a high level. And all of a sudden, well, now I don't need you because of trolls, because of a small small honestly a small minority yeah. of your audience well i'll tell you for you and i this is particularly difficult because man with our show formats and our recording styles community is like i, I couldn't do this show without the community right like, literally this show is it's all about by the community. community they pump in information uh, to the subreddit our new producer came from the community this show is powered by the community yeah. unfilter.reddit.com engage with us this Please. is this is core to the dna of who we are and we're going to sit back and watch this. We, we spent our time on it. Yep. We're not going to dwell on it. No. But if you're interested, uh, we'll have some links in the show notes. Hopefully everything works out for them. Yes. we got a new show. I hope he doesn't lose his gig. Yeah, no Those kidding. kinds of things. But Chase, yes, let's Chris. focus on us. Let's focus on the nice things. Well, first off, let's focus on the new Jupiter Broadcasting Twitter account. Yeah, buddy. At Jupiter Signal. Yeah. yeah, that's right. We set up at Jupiter Signal if you want to get the network news, like live events and things like that. And then my personal feed. Which, which you I need to tweet more, by I the way. I haven't really decided what I'm going to do with it yet, but twitter.com slash Chris Elias. You're right. I, I, do I, I like to. the Jupiter Broadcasting logo. And then the Star Trek logo. Yeah, the, the, Ange the, made that for me. Isn't that's awesome. wonderful. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, buddy? You on the Twitter? You can follow me on Twitter at Newness. N U N E S. So oh. Tweeted 140 characters or less. And I give you a few more characters because I just have at Newness. That's nice, man. It's very short. It's Tate. It's, it's nice. nice. And tight. It's tight. Are you doing any podcasts? These I days? do. I, I podcast about geeky and gaming technology oh. topics over at geekgamer.tv. Um, and by the way, breaking news we're going back to PAX this year. Nice. Really? Yes. You're going to get his media? Yes. You hope? You think? No, you know? no. Already? No. Yes. Shut up. No. That's awesome. Yeah. Break, breaking news. You're first to hear it first. That's cool, dude. First to hear it first. Congrats because it's getting harder and harder every year to get in yeah. there. Uh, all right. So the Unfiltered Show is live on the Wednesdays over at Jupiter Broadcasting. Go to jblive.tv to watch it live. But if. You want to know what time? I wouldn't blame you. Go to jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar to get it converted to your local time zone. Don't forget about Unfilter at jupiterbroadcasting.com, unfiltered.reddit.com. Thanks, everybody. That's right. And special thanks to all you Patreons who support yeah, us at patreon.com slash unfiltered. You guys make this possible. We yes. love you very much. We love you so much. We love so, kisses. Yeah, kisses and hugs. hugs. Okay. <laughs> all right, everybody. Well, thanks so much for tuning this week's episode of Unfilter. We'll see you right back here next, next week. week.